This is 20 Pages a Week, where together you and I will read all the way through the Bible in a year. I'm Hal Hammonds, and I'm here to help. I'll supply one story that grabbed my attention, one verse I found particularly interesting, and one word that I couldn't get out of my mind. The rest is up to you. This is Quarter 1, Lesson 7. The reading is Joshua and Judges. We'll start with my first impressions. We have a new name for God in our reading. I'm not sure it's absolutely the first time it's ever been used, but certainly the first time it's used in this kind of quantity. The Lord, the God of Israel, Yahweh, God of Israel. We see this over and over again in Joshua and Judges. And the timing is probably significant. These are the books where the people are conquering the land, the land that was guaranteed, assured to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of Israel should be the God of all of the people. He should be the unifying force, the ultimate unifying force. But the nation has a great deal of trouble in these early days coalescing. And the reason is pretty obvious. They're not united in God. If they're not united in God, they can't be united in one another. And therefore, you see these crazy stories like the Abimelech story in the book of Judges, where he tries to be a king on his own over one particular town and essentially creates a small civil war. We see Phineas leading the war against the Transjordan tribes. They built an altar and therefore they're rebelling against God. We see another civil war in the time of Jephthah. Through all of this, of course, the problem is the people have not drawn near to God. What a great point for the people of God today. The closer we all get to the one who gives us life, the more profound our life with one another becomes. So many great stories in this section, but you can't go wrong with the Jericho invasion. We all know how the people marched around the city once for six days, and then they marched seven times around it on the seventh day and gave a great shout and blew on their horns, and the walls fell down. What an incredible testimony to the power of God, that this is God giving them the land. It harkens back to the crossing over the Jordan River, where God just stopped the river from flowing and allowed the people in. This is God's present, God's gift to the people. And surely the whole point of the fall of the walls of Jericho is to show not just the nation of Israel, but also the Canaanite tribes that were going to be the brunt of God's wrath in months to come. God has given them the land. It is done. At the beginning of chapter 6, Joshua is told, I have given you the city before they even took one step. The battle is already over as far as God is concerned. And this accomplished reality in the mind of God is a recurring theme, not only in the mind of Joshua, not only in the mind of the Canaanites, but even in the halls of heaven itself. The captain of the Lord's army shows up in chapter 5, verses 13 through 15, appears to Joshua, shows that there are spiritual forces at work that are beyond vision, that are beyond knowledge. This is how the walls fall down. The angels of God knock them down. And this gives us tremendous courage when we are facing our spiritual battles, when it feels like the walls that we are trying to overcome are far too tall, far too strong. Not strong enough for God. God can and God will bring these walls down for us. Rahab knew about that. Her faith surely was quite immature, quite lacking in any kind of personal involvement, but she'd heard the stories. 
And she knew enough about Yahweh to know when these spies came into her house, she needed to be on the side of the invaders rather than the side of her culture. So therefore, she shelters the spies. She lies about it. There's no point in pretending like she didn't. No, her morality was not where God wanted her to be, but she is still shown as an example of faith in the New Testament. Hebrews and James both bring this up. She knew enough about God to choose the right side. And presumably, the nuts and bolts about how you act morally in front of a moral God are going to take care of themselves. The lesson for us is, though, that God is going to bring us into his promises. There is a fellowship that is waiting for us in this life that Jesus is going to bring us into. He promises us, if we will commit to him in trusting and obedient faith, all of the blessings in the heavenly places are going to be ours in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 1 verse 3. And this is only a precursor to the ultimate crossing of Jordan that's waiting for us after this life is over. Far greater blessings are going to be ours. If we have enough courage, if we have enough faith to storm the walls of Jericho and accept the inheritance that God has waiting for us. I'm going to shake things up a little bit with the one verse. I'm going to refer you to Judges chapter 9 and verse 7. We read, Now when they told Jotham, he went and stood at the top of Mount Gerizim and raised his voice and called out and said to them, Listen to me, you leaders of Shechem, that God may listen to you. Now if you don't know anything about the context in Judges chapter 9, that's probably going to raise more questions than it answers. Jotham is the son of Gideon, one of the great judges of the nation of Israel. And Abimelech is his half-brother. Abimelech has decided to become king in Shechem. This is his hometown, and he is using his father's name and reputation to acquire power for himself. And this is the occasion where Jotham is going to tell the parable of the trees, which is one of my favorite Old Testament parables. Essentially, to sum up, he's saying, all the trees decided they wanted a king, and they went from one place to another trying to find someone who would be king over them, but all the trees were more interested in doing good work, whether it was the, the fig tree or the olive tree. They even considered the vine to be a tree, but none of them would be the king. And they finally asked the bramble bush, and the bramble bush said he would be the king. And the point seems to be that these people here in Shechem are so desperate to have somebody rule over them, they will accept absolutely anybody. That's not a hidden shot at his half-brother Abimelech. Abimelech is not a very good guy. And he's going to show what kind of a character he is as the weeks and months progress. Jotham says here, the problem is you're not listening to God. Listen to me, he says, you leaders of Shechem, that God may listen to you. Jotham is going to speak truth here, and they have a decision whether they are going to listen or not listen. If you listen to God's truth, then God's going to listen to you. That's the implication. If we want God to hear our prayers, if we want God to be there for us, if we want him to get us through these difficult times that we wind up getting into, first we need to commit ourselves to listening to him. It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense for us to expect him to listen to us if we don't listen to him. So the more we listen to words of wisdom, words of guidance, inspired words from the gospel, from the Old and New Testament, the more we are guided by the things of God, the more we deliberately listen to the words of God, the more likely it is that God's going to be paying attention to us, that he will minister to us in our time of need. It's selfish and ridiculous of us to assume we can just do whatever we want to do and then have God bail us out when we get ourselves in trouble. That's not the way this works. Thank you.
The word I picked was strong, although I suppose I could just as easily pick the word courageous, as in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you will give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, as he says there in verse number 7, and that same phrase keeps coming up again. Even the people call out to Joshua and encourage him to be strong and courageous also. Strength of a spiritual nature is difficult to come by. And the problem is the strength of the world around us is unquestioned. We know what we are facing. We know the walled cities that stand before us. We know the strong enemies that are against us. We know about the Anakim. We know about the iron chariots. We know by any obvious standard of judgment, we're outgunned in this. There's no reason to believe that the people of God are going to be successful in this battle that we have against the people of the devil. But that's where faith comes in. If God promises us he's going to give us the victory, then we should enter into our battle with confidence. We should know that we are going to be victorious. But God says you have to be strong. You have to be as strong or stronger than the people that you're going to encounter. And that doesn't mean a trip to the gym. That doesn't mean free weights. That means prayer. That means study. Strength comes from God. If we are close to him, he will be close to us. If we retreat from him, he will retreat from us. And our weakness is going to be exposed. If we're only looking at the numbers, we're going to lose heart. And that is the constant problem with the people of God. In the book of Joshua, we see over and over again, they refuse to take the land. And I say refused deliberately. They didn't take it. Caleb knew that he was outnumbered when he went to fight for the property that had been given to him. He went. He fought. He won. The people could have had the same kind of faith, but over and over again we see, well, the people of the land had iron chariots. The people of the land were too numerous. They were too strong, whatever the excuse happens to be. And they chose not to accept what God was trying to give them. We need to find our confidence, our strength in God. God will give us the victory if we will get out of our own way. Thank you for listening to 20 Pages a Week. Please don't hesitate to reach out with your stories about your trip through the Bible this year. I'd love to hear from you. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with your friends. And check out my other podcast, Citizen of Heaven. I'll see you next week. We'll be reading Ruth and 1 Samuel. God bless and keep reading.